Hello children, I'm here to tell you a new, brand new story that I haven't told you before. It's an amazing story and it's a true story because I heard it from a very great, great Rebbe and Rov and, and he told the story from who he heard it in Poland and this is a, a very, very good story. <clears throat> this story took place in the time of Reblevi Yitzhak of Bardichev. At the same time, there was another great tzaddik. His name was Remordechai of Chernobyl. Remordechai of Chernobyl was a great tzaddik, and uh, he knew the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe knew him. And Remordechai of Chernobyl had a father who was a very big tzaddik. His name was Reb Nochum of Chernobyl. Reb Nochum of Chernobyl. His son was Reb Mordechai of Chernobyl. <coughs> Reb Nochum of Chernobyl was a student of the Baal Shem Tov, and later on a student of the Magid of Mezrich. The son, Reb Mordechai of Chernobyl, was the Rebbe after his father, Reb Nochum, passed away. Now, because Reb Mordechai was such a big tzaddik, his father, Reb Nochum, even after he went to Gan Eden and he passed away, <coughs> his neshama, the neshama of Reb Nochum, would come and visit his son <coughs> here in this world. Like once a month or maybe once a week, he would come and he would appear in the house of Reb Mordechai. Reb Mordechai would sit in his room and learn Torah and then he would see his father right there. His father would come from Gan Eden, from Shomayim, and visit him. And this went on for a long time. After a while, his father stopped coming. Remodchai, the son, didn't see his father coming from Gan Eden anymore to visit him. He was a little bit upset because he wanted to see his father. His father would tell him stories, what happens in Shomayim, in Gan Eden, the you know Hanishamis uh, learned Torah in Gan Eden. But now his father is not coming anymore. A long, long time passed by, maybe a year, and suddenly he sees his father again. He sits in his room, learning Torah, and then suddenly he sees his father right standing in front of him, <clears throat> and he says, "Tata." Tati, where, where were you? I was waiting for you for so long. You haven't come to visit me in such a long time. What's the matter? Why, why weren't you visiting me? And his father said, Listen, my son, it's not easy when you're living in Eden, in such a beautiful place where you feel Hashem's presence, you daven, you learn Torah, in such a beautiful, beautiful place. And it's such a a good place and a halika place, a holy place. It's very hard to come back into this physical world where people live in bodies and sometimes people do Averis. It's, it's not comfortable for an Ishama to be in this type of world. So it was very hard for me to come back. So his son said, and why did you come now? He said, well, I was told in Shamayim to come down to this world because somebody had just passed away. 
His name is Shia Luzer. Shia Luzer from Bardichev. Shia Luzer just passed away, and there was an announcement made in all the heavens, in all the Ganadins, in all the higher worlds where Nishamas are. They were told that anybody who had done uh, saving lives during their lifetime, so any Nishama who, when they were still in this world, in the physical world, they would do a lot to help people, especially people that were in prison, they would get them out of prison. It's called Pidyon Shivuyim. Pidyon Shivuyim means you, you save <coughs> Jews that were taken into prison by mean and bad Poritzes, Pritzim. Now you know what a Poritz is. And the Poritz would take a Jew, put him in jail in the dungeon. And there were certain tzaddikim that they would spend their whole life finding these Jews and saving them, taking them out of prison, out of the dungeon. So it was announced in Shemaim that any Nishama who, when they were alive in this world years ago, they were involved and did a lot of Pidyon Shavuyim, they saved a lot of Jews, they should go down to the world now and go to the Levaya, to the funeral of Shia Luzer, Shia Luzer from Bardichev. So Ramod Chai asked his father, who is this Shia Luzer that they told you to come down into this world? And his father said to him also, since I came already for the Levaya of Shia Luzer, together with many, many Nishamas who came to welcome him to Gan Eden. They came to welcome Shia Luzer to Gan Eden because he was such a, apparently he did something to save people. Something amazing. And they told all the tzaddikim in Gan Eden to come down and, 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 and accompany him and, and walk with him from this world to Gan Eden, to welcome him into, into Gan Eden. So Ramotra asks, who is this Shia Luzer? Is he uh, some famous Rebbe, some famous Rav, some, some famous tzaddik? And the father said, no, no, no. Rav Nochem said, he was just a businessman. He was, he was a, a little bit of a Talmud Chacham. He knew a little bit how to learn, but he wasn't a big Talmud Chacham. He wasn't a big Rav. He was just a businessman. He did a lot of business. <coughs> Shia Luzer was once walking in the marketplace of Bardichev. And he sees that there's a huge crowd gathered around some place in the market, and everybody's very, very stressed. Everybody's very, very anxious and upset. And he went over to see what's going on. He sees that people are standing around. One person who is sitting on the, on the floor in the market and he's crying and crying and crying. So they asked him, what happened to this man? He asked the people, why, 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 what's the, well, why is he crying? So they tell him, this is the story. This man lives outside Bardichev in a village. And his business, which he makes money from, this is how he lives, this is how he feeds his family, is that he would come twice a week to the marketplace to the bigger city. Bardichev was considered the big city. He lived in the small village outside Bardichev. He would come to the market and buy stuff in the market because in the marketplace, a lot of people come from all over selling their goods, like people sell fruits, vegetables, horses, cows, chickens, everything, milk, 
people come from all over and sell their products. So he would come and buy a lot of those stuff. And then go back to the village and sell it to the people in the village. Because most people in the village weren't able to come to the big city. So he was able to come to the big city and he would buy. And he would sell it for a little bit more. Right? He would buy it, let's say, for $10 and he would sell it for $11. This way he was able to make money. He did this all the time, every week. And that's how he made a living. Once this week, he decided to come to Bardichev to buy a lot of stuff. And then he could go to the villages, not only his village, but all the other villages nearby, and sell a lot of the stuff and make a lot of money. So he had 200 rubles. Rubles is like dollars in America. In Russia, it was rubles. He had 200 rubles of his own money. He also borrowed another 200 rubles because he wanted to have more money. So he can buy more stuff. He could sell more stuff and then make more money. So he borrowed 200 rubles. <clears throat> and then people in the village gave him 200 rubles so he should buy it for them because they also wanted to buy some stuff, but they couldn't go to the Bardichev. So they asked this man, can you please buy for us also some? We'll give you 200 rubles. Buy for us. And, of course, this man agreed. So he had 200 rubles of his own, 200 rubles which he borrowed from people that he promised to pay back when he comes back after he sells his, his stuff. And then there was 200 rubles that other people gave him that he should buy it for them. That's together, 200 plus 200 plus 200 is together how much? 600 rubles. Each 200 rubles he kept in a separate envelope in a separate little pocket so that he wouldn't confuse him with know which one is his money, which one is the money from other people. So he kept three separate envelopes. And with that, he traveled to Bardichev. Now, what happened today? He came to Bardichev and with his wagon and he's going into the market and he wants to go buy some stuff. He sees a lot of merchants, a lot of people already selling stuff. He wanted to go buy stuff. So he checked into his pocket to see his money, and he sees all three envelopes were gone. <laughs> they must have fallen out of his pocket. Fallen out, or maybe somebody stole it. Who knows, but he was so upset because this is all the money he has. And not only his money, he has borrowed from other people. Now he's not going to be able to pay them back because he's not going to be able to buy anything because he doesn't have the money. And he said, oh, I'm going to be so poor now. I'm going to be so poor and, and, and other people are going to be angry with me because I don't have money to pay them back. And he started crying and crying. And then he fainted. He was so upset. Sometimes when a person gets so upset, they faint. You know, they faint because they can't take it. It's too much and they faint. That means they become unconscious. You know what unconscious means? Like they can't, they, they don't know. They, it's like you're asleep. Um, people got very upset. Look, there's a man on the floor. First he was crying and now he's unconscious. He's like, <clears throat> he can't move. So they, they quickly went and brought some water and poured it on his face and to wake him up. And he woke up and they told him, what's the matter? And he remembered, yeah, I lost all my money and other people's money. And, 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 and he fainted again. As soon as he remembered what happened to him, he fainted. So they woke him up again. 
Finally, he didn't faint anymore, but he was crying and crying. What am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? I don't have any money left. I'm a poor man. And now other people are going to come and ask me for their money, and I don't have it. It's going to be terrible, terrible, terrible. They're going to take away my house. They're going to take everything away because I, I owe them money. So she, a loser, who is walking by the market, and he, he hears the story. Why this man is crying, why everybody's standing around him and, and worried about him. So she, a loser, <coughs> went over to this man who was on the floor, who lost all his money, and says to him, Tell me, um, it's possible that I found your money. Could you tell me how each 200 rubles was packed? How did you wrap it? How did you keep it? Tell me exactly what it looked like so I can know if this is your money. So the man says, well, the, the 200 rubles, which was my money, I put in a yellow envelope. The 200 rubles, which I borrowed from other people, I put in a white envelope. And the other 200 rubles, which people gave me so I can buy for them some stuff here, that 200 rubles I put in a rubber band, and then I put it into a brown envelope. So... Um, the sheer loser is listening. He says, okay, let me go check in my house if I have your money because I know I've found money, but uh, I need to see if this is your money. He goes home, sheer loser. He never found any money. It was baloney. He never found any money. He was just making it up. He took his own money and took 200 rubles of his own money, put it in a yellow envelope, then 200 rubles of his own money and put it into a white envelope. And then he took 200 rubles of his own money and wrapped it with a rubber band and then put it into a brown envelope. And he pretended that this is what he found. But it's not true. He didn't find it. But he saw the man was so upset. He wanted to make him feel better. So he took his own money and pretended that this is money that he found. This is the lost money from the person. And he ran to the marketplace with the three envelopes. And he went to the man. Guess what? I found your money. Here. Looks exactly the way he described it. You said a white envelope, a yellow envelope, and a brown envelope, and a rubber band. It's all there. This is your money. Take it. The man was so excited. Really? You found my money? Thank you, thank you, thank Hashem. Oh my God, it saved my life. Can you imagine if I couldn't find my money? What would I do? I couldn't go home even. <clears throat> I would be so upset with me and I would be so poor. Thank you, thank you. But something else really took place in the crowd that was standing in the market all around this man who had fainted and cried, there was one person who kept his mouth shut. He didn't say a word, but he had a secret. He had a secret. What was the secret? He actually did find the money. He did find the money. This man had lost the three envelopes in the market and then one of the people in the market found all three envelopes. And then his Yetzirah came to him and said, Hmm, uh, why should I give it back? I found it, right? So maybe I should keep it. This is a lot of money. 600 rubles. Hey, I'm going to keep it and buy myself 
a nice wagon and a horse, and maybe I'll buy my children some shoes and my wife a new dress, and maybe I'll get a new house. Who knows? I can get so many things with the 600 rubles. And he decided not to ask people if they lost money, not to tell anybody that he found it, and he kept it in his pocket. But then when he saw everybody was gathering and this man was crying, he was confused. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. Oi, oi, look what I caused. I didn't give back the money. Now the man is fainting and he's crying. Oi, but then he felt bad. Should he give it back now? Then people say, hey, why did you wait so long? How come you didn't give it back before? You giving it back now? Why? So he was like very, very confused. He didn't know what to do and he didn't do anything. But when he saw how Shia loser, this other guy, Shia loser, went home and pretended that he found the money, and he, this man was the only one, the finder, who really found the money. He's the only one who knew the truth, that Shia loser did not find the money. He just made it up. He brought his own money. How did that man know? He's the only one in the crowd that knew it. How did he know it? Because he knew that he himself found it. It couldn't be Shia loser found it. Two people couldn't find the same money. Either he found it, and he knew that he found it. Shiluza must have made it up. But he was so impressed. Shiluza is such a tzaddik. He brings his own money and pretends that he found it and gives it back. So he had, he started to do tshuva. Oh, I gotta be, um, this is not right. He felt bad of the avera he did. And he told his Yitzhahara to go, go away. I'm not going to listen to you. I have to give it back to the man. And she, a loser, should take his money back. And so this man walked over to the guy who lost the money, to the person on the floor. He says, wait a second. I need to tell you a secret. She, a loser, did not find your money. He's pretending that he found your money. You know who found your money? I, and he pulled out the three envelopes from his pocket and showed it to the man. The man looked at it and says, yes, this looks exactly like my envelopes. She loses envelopes, looked very close, but not exactly, but this looks exactly. I can remember that little spot on the, on the, on the, on the envelope in this, in this corner. She loses didn't have that. And I know he's right. This is the right envelopes. And so the man thanked the person who returned the envelopes, and he went to Shia Loser's house. He says, Shia Loser, I'm sorry. He knocked on his door and he says, I'm sorry, I have to give you back your money. He says, why, why? I found your money. He says, no, 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 no. You didn't find my money. This money, you pretended that you found it because you were such a good person. You wanted to give me of your own money so I wouldn't feel bad. But really, I found out the truth. Somebody else found my money, and this is your money, and you should keep it. She loses, says, well, I'm sorry. Once I give it away, and you took it, it's no longer mine, I'm not taking it back. And the person who lost the money said, no, you have to take it back, because now I really found my money. I found my money, the other person gave it to me. And they decided to go to the Rav. The Rav should give the answer, what is the right thing to do? Who was the Rav in Bardichev? Reb Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev, the holy tzaddik. Reb Levi Yitzchak, who, who, who was the Rav of Bardichev, they went to his house and said, Rebbe, we need you to, to help us because we have a dispute, we have an argument. 
<coughs> she loses says, I gave him the money, even though it's true I didn't find the money. He knows the truth now, that I didn't find the money, but he accepted it. He took it. Once he took it, it's his. It's no longer mine. I don't want to take it back. Let him have twice the money. He'll have more money now. And the man who lost the money said, no, 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 no. I only, want, I only accepted your money because I thought you really found my money. But now I know that you didn't find my money. I'm not going to keep your money. I'm going to give it back to you. I have my money already. Now, according to this great, great Rav who told the story, I heard it from him. He said, I don't know, I don't remember what Rabbi Levi Yitzchak said, who is right and who is wrong. That I don't know. And I don't remember what, what the story said. But I do remember one thing. That after that, after this dispute between the Shia loser and the, and the man who lost the money, Rabbi Yitzchak was Rosh Hashanah. It was very, right before Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi Yitzchak and Rosh Hashanah used to stand up for when he blew the shofar in would speak to Hashem. He said, Hashem, you should give good things to the Jewish people. Make them happy, healthy, rich, and, and give them all good things. Make sure that the goyim don't hurt them. Right? And he used to speak to Hashem and show how good the Jewish people are. That Rosh Hashanah, he went up to the bima to blow the shofar and he said, Hashem, if you want to see how great your people are, Look at what happened in my house a few weeks ago when Shia Luza and this other man came to my house that I should decide for them who should get the money. They weren't arguing like most people argue, oh, I want the money. And the other says, no, I want the money. And then they go to the Rav and the Rav says, no, no, oh, you can't get the money. He has to get the money. Here, it was the opposite. Everybody was fighting that the other one should get the money. What a beautiful fight. I wish everybody would fight like that the whole time, right, children? You know, when you fight with your brothers or your sisters and you want to have a toy. And he said, no, 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 I want that toy. He said, no, I want that toy. Uh, that's not a nice fight to have, right? But imagine, you know, both of you want the toy and you say to your sister or your brother, no, no, you take the toy. I want you to have it. I see you want it. You know what? I want you to have it. And, the, and your sister says to you, no, 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 I see you also want it. You should have it. And you buy are arguing, no, 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 you take, you take. What a beautiful fight. If you had fights like that a whole day, I think Mashiach would have come already a long time ago. So Rabbi Levi said to Hashem, look what a beautiful people you have. Look at this din teure. Look at this argument that came to my house between Shia loser and this other man. And what happened? They thought that everybody wanted the other one to get the money. Reb Nochum tells the entire story to his son, Reb Mordechai. Reb Nochum, who came from Gan Eden to visit his son after a whole year not seeing him. And he tells his son, I came down to this world only once because I was told in Shamayim <coughs> that I must come down with other tzaddikim to welcome the soul, the neshama, of Shia who had just died today. Today he died, and his neshama is going up to Gan Eden, but because he did such an incredible act of kindness, of goodness, he was giving, he, he wanted to save someone's life. He gave his own money, and he didn't even tell him it's his own money. He pretended that he found it. To do something so amazing, we need all the tzaddikim.
that have done similar things in their lives, they should go down and welcome this neshama. And because I came for the levai of Shia loser to welcome his neshama to Gan Eden, I said, okay, if I'm here already, I'll come and visit you. And I have a good day, and I want you to know I can't come back anymore. It's too hard when you're living in Eden, in such a beautiful, holy, uh, righteous place, to come into such an unclean place like this physical world where people have bad thoughts and evil speech. People speak Lashonara, people lie, and people do Averas the whole day. It's, it, it, the whole, it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's like coming to a place where there's an awful smell. You know, for an Ashama, to be in a place where there's an Avera, it's like going into a room where there's like a dead animal and it smells terribly. For, for a tzaddik, an neshama of a tzaddik to come into the world and feel the averas that are being done in this world, it's like being in the most disgusting place where it smells awfully. You can't, you can't stand it, right? So it is for tzaddikim. So Reb Nochem says, please forgive me, I will not come again. But I just I came now for the Levaya of Shia Luzer. I came to visit you too. Be well.